calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director with CFA Institute, and joining me today to talk all things digital banking and fintech is David Breer. David is co-founder and CEO of 11FS, a fintech consultancy. He's been immersed in the technology of financial services for his entire working career, and is considered one of the most influential people in the world of banking, insurance, and technology. Welcome, David. Thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. Um, most people would agree that digital banking is the wave of the future, uh, but not everyone agrees on what digital banking actually means. So help set the stage for us. When we talk about digital banking, what are we actually talking about? I think it's very difficult to define because I don't think we've seen it yet. Um, arguably, what we've seen is digitized banking. Um, and, and actually, I think what we've seen is, is almost the analog products, the analog me mentalities of, of the uh, the, the sort of physical world be digitized to actually represent what is arguably the, the digital world. Yeah. And we really haven't seen anything, anybody really sort of move beyond that. So what we've seen is analog products delivered through digital channels. We're, we're seeing 300-year-old uh, products be sort of manifested and distributed via websites. And yeah. so for me, digital banking hasn't actually arrived yet. So what's the biggest driver behind digital banking and the need for innovation? Um, I, I think customer desire. Um, I think there's a wholesale sort of change coming with the level of trust that customers actually have with traditional banking systems. Um, we're seeing sort of a, a swathe of um, entrants doing incredibly interesting things with very low levels of investment, very low levels of, of people. Um, but arguably, the, the tone's being set in other industries. You know, people's level of expectations of, of what you can do with your mobile phone for music or travel or shopping uh, is kind of setting where the tone is for, for banking. Uh, and for me, nobody's really sort of really delivering upon that promise yet. Okay. One of the speakers yesterday sort of joked that banks regard technology as a necessary evil. Um, and I've, I've seen you previously talk about banks as being not so much too big to fail, but too big to succeed. So expand on that a little bit. I mean, are banks really capable of making the significant change? They're not sort of seen as very innovative or nimble. Yeah, I think the, 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 the arguments around sort of technology being a kind of a necessity are, are definitely there. Um, for me, I, I think the technology is actually pretty straightforward. Uh, if you get the right architects, you can spend you know, 25 minutes with a, a whiteboard and actually define what your technological roadmap should be. Um, the trick is actually making it happen. Uh, you know, the, the change in terms of moving people forward to understand that there are new opportunities or new ways of doing things or really embracing what it is that those technologies can actually do, that is the inhibitor within most of the banks. Okay. You've spoken about the fact that you believe that uh, banking is only 1% finished. So what's the coming 99%? Well, I, I think at the point where you start seeing 
properly digital products, I think we actually start to see a very different banking. Um, if you look at the services that are actually being delivered by a lot of the challenger banks coming through, the way in which you interact with them, the way in which the data is being used to actually give you real-time insights in terms of your spending, your tracking, you know, how you compare with other people in terms of what you're doing. Uh, you know, it's very simple things like having the security to turn on and off your, your debit card. You know, this is something that takes probably a couple of million pounds to actually implement in a, in a large bank. Uh, and actually, this is just something that is, is standard within uh, a lot of the challenger banks coming through. So, you know, for me, I, I think there's, you know, 99% worth of opportunity. So I expect a lot. So switching gears a little bit, some believe that Western Europe is actually overbanked. Uh, consumers have access to cheap uh, or free bank accounts and transactions. So how would blockchain uh, offer anything to the consumer? Um, I, I think there's probably cause and effect there. I, I'd say we do have free banking in Europe um, by name. Um, actually, if you look at what banking actually does, it sort of the, the sort of punitive charges around actually how you uh, how they monetize those products means that banking isn't free. You know, arguably the the sort of bottom five percent pay for everybody else to use it by straying into their overdraft or uh, you know doing payments in the way that they shouldn't be doing payments. So, so for me, banking isn't really free yet. Um, but actually the democratization through where fintech's going actually could start making it do it. I think from a blockchain perspective, uh, blockchain has the potential to you know, change many different things in, in that sphere. I think many people sort of talk about blockchain as a, as a kind of a collective of, uh, of a, like a, a hundred different disciplines. And, and for me, I, I think actually unpicking some of those things and, and looking at specific use cases where it could happen. You know, the, the trust within international payments, the reduce, uh, reduction of operating cost in terms of international payments. These are places where actually it can start making proper banking accessible to everybody because actually it doesn't cost 40 pounds to send some money to South Africa, for example. Mm -hmm. So sticking with blockchain, where do you think we like to see, see the, the biggest breakthroughs and why? Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of emphasis has been placed in payments. Uh, you know, we've seen the, the ripples of the world do really interesting things in terms of uh, either international payments or local payment systems. And arguably, you know, they're being set up as a swift alternative in the, in the coming years. Um, but for me, similar to, to the areas of banking that are going to be most disrupted is the places where you've got the largest amount of inertia, you've got the biggest companies playing with one another, and you've got the largest amount of paper being pushed around. So places like asset management for me are where um, very, very significant changes could happen, both in terms of the, the trust around uh, the actual interactions and the, the value exchange that's taking place. Uh, things like what Barclays have done with the, uh, the ISDA um, digitization into a uh, into a blockchain, you know that for me is an implementation that has the potential to take billions of pounds out of that industry. The term fintech, uh, you've said before that fintech is not a thing; it's an approach, an ethos to using technology to improve services and efficiencies while reducing cost. And you often see fintech and revolution in the same sentence. So, do you think it's a revolution, an evolution, neither, both? Where do you sort of go along that scale? Um, I, I think this is sort of similar to the, the argument around sort of, you know, musical genres type thing. I think we get into what is rock and roll, what is pop, right? I, I, for me, fintech is a, a way of going about doing things. Uh, you know, banks can get into fintech as much as small startups can do in terms of what they're doing. Um, mostly, I feel it's a mentality. Um, and I think the, the mentality of uh, aligning small teams who are highly skilled to achieve difficult things. 
Uh, earlier, we did a poll at the uh, European Investment Conference and we asked, what's the most exciting trend in fintech? And uh, one of the two, two choices was AI and blockchain adoption. And you said you would have voted other. So what would your other have been? So the, the other I, I always sort of find the most exciting thing about fintech is, is while banks were all competing with one another, there was no real impetus to change. So while your most immediate competitors weren't innovating, they weren't changing the, the dynamic, they weren't uh, sort of really sort of reinventing how their business models worked, then nobody did anything. And arguably now that you can get, you know, 25 people with small amounts of investment really disrupting very, very large parts of the industry, then banks' ability to do nothing anymore has is, is kind of gone away. Um, so for me, the, the other is always, it's about immediacy. You know, I kind of feel like the, the impetus now that is put into financial services to, to make real significant change, both by fintech, by regulation, by technology, is just amazing. Uh, and, you know, it's the best time to be working in this industry for sure. It's a final sort of futuristic question. Uh, if we were sitting here and this was 10 years in the future, uh, what do you think we'd be talking about? I think 10 years into the future, we, you know, the advancements that we're seeing around uh, artificial intelligence and robotics are, 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 are definitely sort of staggering. Uh, the amount of industries that are likely to see wholesale decimation in terms of what humans do within them is is quite scary and quite significant. So I think at some point we're going to be in a, a situation where, uh, you know, the bank of the future is, is actually completely automated for us in terms of actually what we're doing. So the arguments around customer choice or, or capability are going to be very, very different. Uh, like I say, the advancements that we're seeing in things like automated vehicles and the disruption that that could bring about with regards to insurance are significant, but equally machine learning, artificial intelligence can have that same, same much of an impact really just in regular everyday banking. This has been a fascinating conversation, David. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for watching. Copyright 2017, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.